Celebrating Cooperative Missions podcast is sponsored by the Baptist Resource Network of Pennsylvania, South Jersey, a state convention supported by the Southern Baptist Convention. Welcome to the Celebrating Cooperative Missions podcast, a podcast dedicated to informing churches about the cooperative program and the mission efforts it supports in Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and beyond. I'm your host, Michaela Mays, and if you are new to the cooperative program scene, then you're in the right place. On Celebrating Cooperative Missions, we strive to bring you clarity on what your giving and prayers are going towards and the kingdom movement you have a part in accelerating. Your giving has a huge impact, whether you realize that or not, because when your church gives to the cooperative program, it is joining other churches in accelerating kingdom movement in your backyard and beyond. I'm talking all the way around the world. And we think that's something we're celebrating. So thank you for joining us as we celebrate cooperative missions and share the stories and lives your giving has impacted for the sake of the gospel. So just some quick background knowledge for you as we head into this podcast. At the state level, 68% of the funds given to the Baptist Resource Network is used to fund ministries at the church level, as well as disaster relief projects, next-gen ministries, partnerships, church resources, pastor and staff benefits, and more. At the national level, 32% of your generous giving supports domestic and international missionaries through the North American Mission Board and the International Mission Board students studying at SBC seminaries, and those advocating for religious liberties through the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. So again, your giving is doing a lot for the kingdom. God is using it to do amazing things for the sake of the gospel in your backyard and all around the world. And that's what this podcast is all about, highlighting those stories that you have had a part in. In this month's episode, we venture to the wonderful rural part of Pennsylvania known as Tawanda. Here we find Pastor Chuck Fricker, who is the senior pastor of Harvest House Community Fellowship. During our conversation, Pastor Chuck fills us in on how the cooperative program has not only had a personal impact on him, but also how the CP has aided in the revitalization of Harvest House. I hope you enjoy our conversation and thanks again for tuning in and for celebrating cooperative missions with us. Well, Pastor Chuck, thank you so much for joining us today on this new podcast series that we're doing on the cooperative program. Um, this is only our second episode, so it's great to have you on early on and and just to help us kind of launch uh, this podcast. So um, yeah, thanks for being here with us today. No, hey, I really appreciate it. And it's an honor to be here and uh, to get to take part in this awesome endeavor that you guys are starting. Oh, well, thank you so much. Um, so before I kind of deep dive into all the the great cooperative program questions that I have, um, would you mind giving just our audience a little bit of a background on, you know, who you are, um, Harvest House Community Fellowship, where you serve as the senior pastor, and just uh, maybe kind of like the demographic that you guys are serving and ministering to in that area? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I've been in ministry here at Harvest House. Uh, a little over a year and a half. We started in June of 2021. Okay. And uh, we're, my family moved here from Texas uh, to take over, well, for me to become the senior pastor of this church. Of course, it, it feels like the whole family's doing it right. We're all involved. Yes. Yeah. Uh, 
And we moved up here knowing that it was going to be a church revitalization project. Mm. Uh, the church had about 12 families represented here. Um, the church's history itself, uh, it, it, it's sort of a church plan. It used to be First Baptist Wysox, which is a nearby town. Uh, and in the last 30 years, it, it had moved. And they, 20 years ago, about there, um, they bought this, this building, which we're sitting in today. And it's an old 1800s Methodist church. Oh, and, wow. Uh, we're, we're up here in northern Bradford County, right on the New York border. Okay. Uh, so we're in the Endless Mountains regions, of course. And uh, the gas fracking industry was huge here about 10, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so Harvest House saw a huge boom of membership and of ministry when folks from the, the uh, Bible Belt down south mm-hmm. moved up here. Uh, they, they took part in it. Well, that all ended and they left. And then we had COVID. Um, and then we had a pastor retire. And so all of these little things uh, caused the church to decline. Um, I'm not a, a normal pastor. And that I didn't go to seminary right after college. Uh, I had a whole non-Christian life before this one. Um, I was saved until my early 30s. Okay. And so uh, I was a musician and I was a band director. I lived in Texas and I got saved, actually. Uh, I would I have to say the cooperative program is probably part of that story in some way because the church wow. that that I got saved in was a church plant and they needed a drummer. And that's what I play. And so they okay. hired me. So it was a gig. And so showing up to the church, needless to say, I heard the gospel every week. I couldn't help mm-hmm. but hear it. Uh, and I got saved. So anyway, um, right now, where we're at now, since we've moved up here, uh, is we have uh, like more than tripled the uh, the uh, attendance each week. Our membership has grown to around 20 families. We're seeing an average of 30 to 40 folks on a given Sunday. Sometimes we have as high as 60 folks. Our low Sundays are now 30 people, which... It seems incredible. Just thinking a year ago this time, you know, I felt like I was preaching to no one. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But the area up here is very unique. Um, It's not the Bible Belt where I'm from. And it's it's also not urban. Right. It's not it's not like uh, Williamsport, Philadelphia, Harrisburg. Uh, This is a heavy farming community still. Uh, there's lots of logging here. There's lots of um, oil field work still, uh, and it's very depressed. Uh, lots of alcoholism, broken families, lots of drug use. And so what we're seeing here is that the ground is very hard to plow uh, mm-hmm. because no one is really churched. It's a very unchurched area. But the, the good news of that is um, when someone comes to Christ here, it is so genuine and dramatic that we see this newness of life that is just, I mean, it makes you cry. And uh, so it's been a real blessing. And, you know, sometimes we say, uh, you know, the mission field is overseas. Well, I feel like a missionary here in Bradford County because it's the same. They just speak my language and I eat the foods that I like, right? (laughs) So hopefully that, that gives you a picture of what we're dealing with here. Yeah, that's perfect. Thank you so much. I, I think I kind of why I wanted you to share that is just because I want our audience to to know like what areas, what demographics is the cooperative program, you know, helping with and kind of just set that visual, um, even though it's a podcast, you know, everyone can make up their own picture. <laughs> that's right. Or, um, or go on Google and, and look at pictures. Yes. And- <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll see, I'm sure lots of fields and farms and, you know, that's Pennsylvania. So and it's good. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. Um, so kind of transitioning then into talking about the cooperative program, which maybe you've had to do that, um, especially in like a rural area 
I mean, I feel like the co-op program is something that either people um, know a lot about or or don't know a whole lot about. So how would you define the cooperative program? Like, say if one of your congregation members came up to you and you had like a minute or two to explain it to them, how would you do that? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's well, first of all, I would say that it's essential for churches like us, small churches. And uh, I heard on another podcast recently um, that, you know, the definition of a small church is now less than 50 people. Oh, and wow. so that's according to Lifeway Research. So uh, for small churches like us, it's our lifeblood. It's our, it's, our, uh, it's our crutch that we need to lean on because uh, small ministries like this, uh, we can't operate like a bigger church that has a large annual budget. Uh, so when it comes to things like going into the community and doing outreach, uh, I would explain to them that the cooperative program is absolutely essential because we couldn't do it on our own. Um, we recent, well, I'll save that for another part of the podcast. I'm sure we'll okay. talk about it in a second, but some of the events that we do would absolutely be impossible had it not been for the support of the cooperative program. And so one of the things that I like to tell them about what the cooperative program is, is I use the Bible as the illustration and I talk okay. about Acts of the Apostles and how Paul went around and, and made a collection, right, for the saints mm. in Jerusalem when there was a famine. And so it's not a one-to-one, but the idea was there were um, uh, faithful Christian believers that were trying to obey the Great Commission and do ministry in their lives that were uh, not able to do it on their own resources. And so all of the surrounding churches that were able to support uh, gave and, and allowed that ministry to thrive and succeed. And then it's also multiplying, right? So as small churches mm-hmm. like us uh, receive help from the collective uh, resources of the members of the cooperative program, we're able to grow and thrive. And then our goal here that we talk about all the time is we want to give back to the cooperative program. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last thing that I say to them is that it's much like Paul describes uh, the body of believers in the church, right? In a, in a local church, each person has a role and a responsibility that knit together to create an organism that glorifies God. Mm-hmm. And so I think the cooperative program is a picture of that on a larger, more macro scale. Larger churches that have different resources than other churches can share those things and allow everyone to thrive. And 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 this is important, not thrive within the walls, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right. Nice to have great facilities. That's not what we're talking about. Thrive in terms of equipping the members of churches to have the skills and confidence to then go into the community uh, and and preach the gospel and then serve real needs and feel confident about doing mm. it. And I think I think that's really important. That wasn't so short, but that's not that's my okay. I wasn't timing you, so you're good. You know, maybe you know whoever your your congregation member explained that to, maybe they had a lot of time. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I do, I love that you defined it using scripture, like going to the Bible and, and finding an example of, you know, what, what kind of did this look like in the earlier days when the church was just starting? So, um, yeah, I don't know if anyone will top that definition of it simply because the, the topping scripture is not going to happen. <laughs> hey, all glory to God. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Um, so, uh, kind of going along with that, too, in, in talking about how uh, the CP has really impacted your ministry at Harvest House Community Fellowship. How has it impacted you personally, like on a just an individual level as, as being a shepherd, as being a leader and a pastor? 
Yeah, no, it, for me personally, it has been a huge encouragement. Um, the cooperative program doesn't just help churches reach out into the community. I mean, that's that's probably the primary end user goal, mm -hmm. right? It sure. is to get yep. people. But if you don't have a healthy church, you're not going to reach people. And you're not going to have a healthy church unless you have healthy leadership. Amen. And, and I think that, um, I, you know, I would be the first one to say I have so much room to grow as a pastor. Um, uh, the, the more I do this, and I'm a fairly new pastor, this is my first senior pastor role. And the more I do it, the more I can kind of relate a little bit to Paul when he says I was the worst mm -hmm. of sinners. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I don't think he's saying like, I, I'm, I'm falsely humble and trying to demean myself. It's, it's as you do the Lord's work. And as you're obedient to his call, the more um, deficient you realize you are. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. So the cooperative program through things, I mean, like, like basic things, having a network of other pastors that I can lean on and call in the area, especially mm -hmm. not from being here. Um, they've been a huge support, like, um, uh, you know, Steve Porsche down at, um, man, and I, and I feel embarrassed. I'm, I'm whiffing on the name of his church. Uh, Corey Mitchell and Steve Porsche, Winfield Baptist Church. There we go. Yeah. Um, they've been a huge support to me um, and, and just guiding me through this process. Uh, it, it's been awesome. So there's that. And then there's also the, the financial support. So when I got here, our church here had very, we were barely in the black. And so going to do an outreach, I mean, you need resources to do that. Um, and when you only have 12 families represented, you know, the rule, like the unsaid rule, only 10% of the people do all the work, right? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So, I mean, I certainly couldn't afford it. I mean, I've given everything I have. So it's like, you know, what are we going to do? Well, then we have the evangelism grants mm -hmm. uh, that allowed us to do huge outreaches this summer. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it provides. And then and then just on a mental level, it provides me with confidence that that I can do what I've been placed here to do. And I'm not mm -hmm. alone. I'm not alone because listen, being a pastor, like I'm a solo pastor right now, as we grow, hopefully we'll add to that elder uh, plurality. Um, but man, it can feel lonely sometimes, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, and so it's just really great to know that there's this huge organism that's made up of other Christ followers, right? It's not a corporate machine. It's not a, it's none of those things. It's a group of Christ followers all in it to win it for Jesus. And that's a huge support for me. Mm. So. Oh, that's awesome. I I love hearing to kind of like connecting it back because I feel like the corporate program, people think it can be like this kind of like a monster of an idea, but bring right. it down to the level where it's like, no, it, it's people. It, it is literally like brothers in Christ walking alongside you. Like that's, mm -hmm. it is helping with that. So that's so great. So then now kind of moving towards the focus on the church level, uh, how would you say that the cooperative program has impacted the ministry happening at Harvest House? Yeah, two two main ways. I mean, there's a, there's a myriad of things we could talk about, but two big ones. The first is specifically related to the BRN as a local uh, association. Mm -hmm. the The strategy that they've put forward, for example, um, uh, last year's, which was um, you know the the Love PASG and mm -hmm. J. And then this year with uh, with the new uh, serving your neighbor idea, it creates um, a prepackaged product that is very easy to get people excited about in the church. Mm -hmm. Right. And so what's really cool for my context specifically is without a staff, without anybody, and I'm doing everything kind of on the solo. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's really great to not have to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. And and. You know, and the BRN, they're not saying none of this strategic stuff is is novel or innovative. It's just 
here's what the Bible says to do. And we're going to create really valuable tools that are visually, um, even audio, you know, with the videos mm-hmm. and everything. It's very pleasing to people. And it, and it just takes a ton of workload off of the leadership in the local church. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just all of those materials to be able to hand them out to people and point them to resources that are already there and they're professional and well done. Huge, huge thing, especially in our age of social media, where everybody expects everything yeah. to be highly produced, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's number one. And then the second thing is, like I mentioned before, with the evangelism grants and different things, um, we we have a little festival here in, in our neighboring town, Tawanda, on the Susquehanna River mm-hmm. and, uh, called River Fest. And it's basically like a, a fair, right? It happens over okay. three days. Um, and we were able to set up a huge tent this summer because of the evangelism grant. And we handed out free coffee, free water. Uh, we had baked goods that uh, we, we had a local charity that we put a little donation can. And it was basically like, you can take a baked good for free. But if you want to donate and it doesn't go to our church, it goes to that charity. Um, you can do that. We had kids games and we were out there all three days. And man, it was just rich. We had we had tracks. We did it. We did contact evangelism. And 100 percent of that was funded through the uh the evangelism grant that we got. And we also took that one step further and we, uh, for our VBS, so we don't have a lot of uh, what you would call organic kids in our congregation, right? Um, So for VBS, for us to do that is a truly missional outreach because we have to go get the kids and bring them here. Mm. And uh, we found my first year here, because I just gotten here in June, that uh, it was really hard to just go hang door hangers. Like that didn't work. (laughs) And so what we did this year is we had two different remote mini VBSs. So like we went to a park in one one part of the community and a park in another, and we created this whole like two and a half hour experience where they had all of these things and, you know, hot dogs and hamburgers. And we did all the activities. We, we shared the gospel. And from that, like the first year, we had 10 kids that came to our VBS. Uh, this year we had 30. And so wow. that's a new that's thing. Awesome. And what was it was so cool. And, and, the, and the icing on the cake was when all the parents came on the last night to watch their songs and their little performances, mm-hmm. um, we had a full house in here. I think we had the most people in this church building to date. And we, well, we didn't get to, I, <laughs> it was scary. I got to share the gospel with everybody. <laughs> you know? It yeah. was scary and fun at the same time. So that's what it's done for us. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, just a, just a little add on it, it. Again, it just continues to be a support uh, the disaster relief portion of it, by the way, mm. um, we have members here that that's how they serve. And they really, mm. you know, they really dive into that. Um, and then also to be able to know that we're helping reach unreached people groups in the state and also abroad, because that money goes to the Southern Baptist yeah. Convention. So, yeah. man, we're, we're small, but the work that the BRN does because of us and other churches, it's a, it's a mighty work. It's a, Hey, here's what it would say in the army. I was in the army for 20 years. Okay. We would call, we would call the cooperative program, a force multiplier, a force multiplier. That's can right. You, so I, can you explain that for those listening that might not know what that means? Including yeah, no, me. <laughs> it's really cool. The force multiplier is like, okay, a single person has the ability to do X amount of impact. Right. Okay. Um, but with certain tools given to that person, now they can do X squared or X to the third. And so a small church like us that would only be able to meet the needs of X amount of people in the community mm-hmm. because of the cooperative program. Now you put an exponent above it oh, and it's really, really cool. Right. And I think if yeah. more people thought of it that way, they'd be more willing to get involved, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's a great way of explaining it. I, I love that. And I love how you said about too, like, 
talking about how it impacts on the local level, but then the cooperative program impacts also globally. Like there's okay. missions. So like, I feel like sometimes as a, a church goer, like we, we come to church on Sunday, we, we give, <clears throat> excuse me, our, our funds. And then it's like, well, I wonder where that's going, you know, exactly. Like not just to our church, but then when you give to the cooperative program, it's like, actually that, you know, that dollar that you gave, like it's helping someone in Africa, like, <laughs> um, or in your backyard, like it, it is just kind of this wonderful cycle of coming together to help each other advance the gospel. Amen. Yeah. So, so then, um, when asked to, uh, how do you kind of advertise for lack of a better word, the cooperative program in your church? Like, how do you inform your congregation members about what it does and what, how their giving has such an impact? Um, and you can either share like kind of your, your mission behind that, um, or just really practical ways so that other churches might, you know, be like, Hey, that that's a good idea. We should try that too. Yeah. Well, first of all, you know, just taking advantage of the low hanging fruit, you know, so, mm -hmm. uh, in 2021, when we did, when we went to the, uh, the annual meeting and they said, everybody mm -hmm. can get a free banner that it just, it's, it's, it's evangelistic. It says it's sitting right in front of me. Now I'm in the church, right? I'm looking at it, it says 14 million people in PAS South Jersey do not mm -hmm. know Jesus. Right. And it has all of that stuff. I mean, put that stuff in your church where it's visible so people mm -hmm. can ask questions. I mean, I've answered more questions from visitors and new people mm -hmm. about that sign and, and through that able to explain the more detailed concepts. Right. Yep. And then the other thing I, you know, and, and not everybody may agree with me. I'm not sure where people stand on this, but just be super transparent mm -hmm. about your funds and where they're going. I mean, I'm, I'm hyper aware because of the lack of them, uh, that, uh, <laughs> the money we receive is not the churches. It doesn't belong to the church. It belongs mm -hmm. to God. And Amen. so as people, as people are giving it, like, I feel like it's a responsibility that I have on my shoulders to constantly put in front of them, here's where your generous and faithful offerings are going. And so, mm, that's good. you know, we, uh, we allocate a certain amount of our budget every year, uh, you know, or, well, I should say our tithes and offerings, right? We, mm -hmm. we put a percentage in the budget and uh, we, we tell people very regularly, this is what we're doing with that percentage of what you give. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, as videos come out that the BRM puts out that may be appropriate for your worship service, um, we show those. And uh, we, have a, we have a lady that helps out educate on missions. So when we have Lottie Moon and we have, oh, nice. you know, the, uh, the different SBC big picture giving mm -hmm. ideas. Uh, she does a really good job. We always put a little spot in the worship service for her to come up and and not just talk about those, but also talk about the BRM because it really does funnel through that organization, you know? Mm, yeah. So that might not be the best ways, but that's how we do it. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, that makes me really excited. I know Shannon, my boss, when she hears this, she's going to be like, that is awesome because <laughs> I mean, we've, those are, I mean, she's created all of it. And then I've helped, you know, push out like podcasts and stuff. So like my role is very minimal, but seeing our churches use it and then seeing how it connects to the congregation members and them asking questions and wanting to know more is like, yes, our yeah. goal has been met, <laughs> you know? Amen. Yeah. So that's awesome. Uh, so thank you for doing that too. <laughs> yeah. So um, kind of like my last uh, real question here, and if there's anything else you want to add, of course you can, uh, but what do you wish your congregation knew about the CP, the Coopter program? Yeah, I think what I wish they would know is it's a resource for them too. Mm. You know, that they could, and they know, and we talk about the website and everything like that. But I think there is so much value for them to get involved, and even if it's just 
reading the stuff online, right? Looking, uh, for example, I, you know, I follow the BRN Facebook page. It is really encouraging and convicting when you see other churches out in the community, you know, doing stuff for the Lord and the kingdom. Mm. And then you see the fruit of that when you see the same names of those churches baptizing people that have professed faith in Christ. Mm. Now, I, you know, I think, uh, you know, just to say this to the audience, I think we need to be careful. The number of baptisms is not the goal. Amen. The goal is transformed hearts that have realized their sin in Christ separates them from God and only through their full trust um, and, and certainty that Christ paid their sins for them. Can they, can they actually have life? But if that is the reality, which I'm, I'm sure it is, and we're seeing baptisms, that's the public confession of faith. Mm-hmm. I want them to see those things um, because, you know, it's very easy to get tunnel visioned. And when you don't see results all the time, you think that you're not making an impact. So that's one thing, um, just to be aware of what's going on. And the second is just to embrace this idea of uh, extra generous worship through through giving. You know, I want them to know that if they were to give another five dollars, you know, uh, that, that 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 money is going to make such a huge impact. Mm-hmm. Their five dollars might not do so much, but combined with every church's extra five dollars, yeah, yeah. You might have dug a well for somebody in Africa. You just mentioned it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You might give another 50 coats to somebody in Ukraine. I mean, there's all of these things. So I want them to know it's about them and not just the pastor and not just a budget line item in mm-hmm. the business, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I think that's really important that you mentioned that too. Like the co-opter program, yes, it's like a part of the budget and the finances and all, all those good things that every church needs as well. But there is a lot more happening there um than it just being a line item like you said Mm -hmm. so thanks for thank you for sharing that yeah that's great so that's kind of all i have but if there's anything else that you want to share about the cp or your experience with it or just any helpful tips that you think would be beneficial to our audience and churches listening uh feel free to share uh, I mean, uh, just just keep putting your eyes on Jesus Christ. I mean, that's that's what we need to do every day. I mean, I think every pastor, no matter how old they are, no matter how young, any any congregate, any believer, um, I think none of what we talked about matters in a whole heap of beans, right? If you want to use that term, yeah. unless we're thinking of Colossians three and keeping our eyes fixed above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. I mean, that needs to be our focus. And if we do that, like Jesus says himself, if we seek first his kingdom, all other things will be added. So um, just don't get lost. It's easy. And I know I'm saying this convicting, you know, it convicts me. Uh, We can get lost in the business of things and in the numbers and in the data. Uh, But at the end of the day, it's about our personal relationship with Jesus and just beholding his beauty. And so that's what I would say to keep doing. Um, And if we do that, the Holy Spirit will lead us to the right conclusions, I believe. Hmm. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Chuck, for joining us and just giving us more clarity on the cooperative program and sharing how God is moving at Harvest House. It's been it's been so great. And even just to hear a little bit more about your testimony. That's awesome. Well, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in and celebrating cooperative missions with us today. If you liked what you heard, then click the subscribe or follow button so you don't miss a single episode of Celebrating Cooperative Missions. And if you want others to know about this podcast, then all you have to do is leave us a quick review or share it with a friend. 
Either way will help get the word out. And for your convenience, this podcast is available on a number of podcasting platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and more. So take your pick and tune in. You can also check out more Cooperative Mission content as well as information on cooperative giving online at the BRN's website. That's brnunited.org. Again, brnunited.org. Thanks again for listening. Tune in next month for the latest episode of Celebrating Cooperative Missions. And of course, until then, take care and may the Lord bless all of your cooperative efforts.